Hello, and welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Hi, and I'd like to welcome everybody to another episode of Back in Control Radio. My name is Tom Masters, and I'm here with Dr. David Hanscom. Hello, David. Hi, Tom. Thanks for uh, putting the show on here. I'm uh, excited to be here. This is a, this is a big topic. Yes, and today our topic is going to be something called Write and Don't Stop. And uh, you've explained this to me uh, before the show. You're going to be talking about something called expressive writing. And you mentioned that this is when you, when you see a new patient um, for chronic pain, this is the the first uh, and only uh, mandatory step uh, that you require for them to get started uh, with you. So I was wondering if if you could explain a little bit about uh, expressive writing and why you found it uh, so effective in working with your patients. Well, it's been fascinating with expressive writing. So it's a situation, it's a exercise where you simply write down your thoughts on a piece of paper and you tear them up instantly. You can tear them, shred them, or burn them, but you have to completely destroy them. And Dr. Pennybaker started this research back in the 1980s, published, I think, in 1984-85. And I actually just had dinner with Dr. Pennybaker last week and also with his co-author, Joshua Smythe. I had a Zoom call with him. So I asked him, you know, is expressive writing still as effective as it seems to be? Does the research still support it? He told me there's now over a thousand research papers that documents that somehow this works. And of course, there's lots of theories about the type of writing, exactly what should be done. But it appears that expressive writing is becoming a very major factor in almost any type of behavioral health, mental health situation. And we don't know exactly why, but it's incredibly effective. And uh, what exactly is involved uh, with expressive writing? So when you when you instruct a patient to do expressive writing, um, how does it actually work? What do they have to do? So the original research was done in negative writing. Dr. Pennebaker's research was having college students for four days in a, four days in a row write down write about an emotional experience that they had in their life for about twenty minutes, four days in a row. Then they did research. Four months later, and they had improved test scores, decreased asthma, arthritis, um, less anxiety, less depression. I mean, it's unbelievable the fact that this simple four days of writing had on these students. So most of the research has been done on what's called negative writing, and it, it doesn't seem to matter. There's also research now that shows simply writing down thoughts simply solves the problem. And my theory is, is that, first of all, chronic pain is a memorized set of pathways. In other words, the current definition of chronic pain that is it is an embedded memory. In other words, it's a memorized permanent pathway in your brain that gets connected with more and more more and more life situations and you can't erase the memory. So it's like riding a bicycle, once you know how to ride a bicycle, those are permanent pathways. So the writing exercise, the reason why it's the one mandatory first step, and nothing really happens by the way until the writing starts it somehow separates you from these circuits and allows you to reprogram around them. And I mean, maybe it breaks the circuits up. I don't really know. This is my personal theory. So the writing is not the solution, but nothing really happens until the writing stops. So we've watched hundreds and hundreds of patients go to pain-free, 
nothing really happens until people start writing. So what you do, you simply write down your thoughts and you tear them up, positive or negative. And I tell my patients you're tearing them, tearing them up for two reasons. One of, the, one of them is to write with freedom. You write anything you want, rational, irrational, positive, negative, doesn't really matter. The second thing is to actually not analyze them. In other words, what we're trying to do is stimulate what's called neuroplasticity, which is awareness, separation, and reprogramming. So what I think the writing does, it creates an awareness and separation in one move. And so the thoughts are, thoughts are on the table. You're away from those thoughts. There's a space there that's not connected with vision and feel, which is part of the unconscious brain, of which anxiety is part of the unconscious brain. So you've done awareness and separation in one move. Then you can reprogram whatever you want. You can visualize good food, good good cup of wine, good cup of coffee, wine, good friends, whatever you want to do. You can definitely redirect your nervous system. So you're stimulating the brain to change shape and structure, but you have to be aware of what's there before you can shift. So again, it's awareness, separation, reprogramming, and I think the expressive writing simply does an awareness and separation in one move. So just just that physical act of writing um, and the, the fact that you're becoming aware of those negative thoughts and you're writing them down and it's a physical act actually acts to start rewiring the circuits and then the visualization define, helps you define a sort of a new response or a new pathway? Correct. And you can write down a new response. I mean, with cognitive behavioral therapy, Dr. Burns in his book, Feeling Good, as you write down the unpleasant thought, you categorize it, so it does awareness and separation in one move. Then he has you, then he has you write down the more rational thought. And so, again, you're, you've now redirected or reprogrammed. So what you're doing is you created a space, in other words, it being stress, automatic survival, adrenaline response, and now goes stress, choice, or response. Then when you make that choice to say, look, this isn't really, this isn't really working for me, then unconsciously your brain's already going in a different direction. Then if you get more focused about what you actually want to do, which direction you want to go, things, then things start to happen. But it is remarkable that I have people come in, I can tell within literally 15 seconds whether somebody's been doing the writing or not. So... First of all, if you don't want to do the writing, I would ask you why. I mean, there's over a thousand research papers that says it works. By the way, there's essentially no papers that state that spine surgery works for back pain, not one. So you have over a thousand research papers documenting that, that some, some form of expressive writing is effective. And again, it's not the solution, it's the starting point. So people say, well, I've been writing, I've been writing, I've been writing, and I still hurt, or my anxiety is still up. I go, I know, you're just creating awareness and separation, but you're not reprogramming your brain. So most people, if you sit back and look at yourself in chronic pain, and again, I was in chronic pain myself for many years, you get these repetitive thought patterns that don't stop. You know, you get, you worry about your boss, you're, you're worried about the pain, you discuss your pain a lot, and literally a huge percent of your nervous system's energy is spent on discussing pain, thinking about pain, trying to find a solution for pain. And so that's where your brain develops. So the writing creates a little bit of a space that allows you to start going in a different direction. And once you start reconnecting with the part of the brain that you actually enjoy, things start to happen pretty quickly. 
if you're in a positive thinking or, say, play or just staying busy to avoid the pain circuits, you're not, it's not going to work because you have to create that separation first before you redirect. So if you're using, for instance, mindfulness meditation or relaxation techniques to combat, combat these pain pathways, it's a million-to-one ratio, and it just wipes you right out. It's like a tsunami. So again, the writing creates that awareness and separation and starts the whole process going. So again, none of the doc process is actually really very effective until the expressive writing starts. Do you find that, um, do you ever encounter uh, resistance from patients who say, hey, doc, I've got a, you know, I've, I've got this problem with my, you know, spine or leg or wherever the, wherever the pain is focused and it's been with me for a long time and it, and how can something like just writing, you know, it, it's, it, it seems so straightforward, you know, do you ever encounter resistance because it seems too simple for, for some people? Yeah, almost every patient. I mean, they come into me for major spine surgery, and I'm telling them to go home and write. They also think about it in my mind. Actually, I, I, I'm always fascinated by this because I I get it. I mean, you're coming to me for major spine surgery. You've hung lots of hope on me solving your problem, and it's not a surgical problem. I mean, I would do it if I could. I get paid to do surgery, and I like to do successful surgery, but it doesn't work. So if I can't see it, I can't fix it. So they're taking this... Obviously, pains consume their life in a horrible way, and in a lot of ways, I'm their last hope. And I say, no, the surgery is not going to work. They're more than disappointed. They're pretty upset. Then I'm telling them to go home and do this simple writing exercise, and they're going, what? Are you out of your mind? And the reason for that is it's, it feels like I'm invalidating their suffering, and I'm not. I, I just it's I, The impact of chronic pain has been documented to be it's a research paper shows that the impact of chronic pain on a person's quality of life is equivalent to terminal cancer. It's a big deal. It destroys people's life in a horrible way. So then I offer this, what sounds like incredibly simplistic solutions. It sounds like I'm actually dishonoring their suffering. And so I understand that. And I say, look, you don't have to believe one word I said to simply start the process and I'll, I'll see you back in two weeks. So I present the first part of the of the whole healing process is simply homework and simply understand how chronic pain works. Because you can't, you can't really solve a problem unless you understand it. So I said, just start the writing. You don't have to believe it. Just start the process. Simply write down any thoughts and tear them up. And again, they tear them up because I don't want them to analyze them because with neuroplasticity, your brain's going to develop wherever you place its attention so if you take these thoughts that are, quote, issues and start analyzing them, you're actually paying more attention to them and actually reinforcing that part of the brain. So, again, the other reason to turn up is to write with freedom, but also to not analyze them. The other thing I emphasize is that you're not tearing them up to get rid of them. There are trillions of thoughts in your brain. And so this is not a catharsis technique. It's only a separation technique. So thoughts are on the table. You're here. There's a space. You've now created that space to substitute something different. To me, the writing is like a metaphor of thoughts being here, you being here. Thoughts have a tremendous impact on your quality of life. So you're simply separating from those thoughts and then turning directions, like directing a river into a different channel. So in a way, you're, it's like you're, you're 
you're getting the thoughts outside of you so that you can see them or be aware of them. You're externalizing them in some way. Correct. That, that's all it does. And so I ask people to do it and I ask people not to overwrite. In other words, some people want to write all day long or they have an unpleasant thought. They want to write down and capture it. So that's actually a form of control. When you have the need to understand and analyze your thoughts, that's a form of control. Remember, the antidote to anxiety is control. So the need to write down these thoughts all day long represents a form of control. I ask my patients if they write them down, tear them up, done. I ask them to do it once or twice a day for 5, 10, 15 minutes. I've been doing my expressive writing now for about 20 years. If I quit doing my expressive writing within about two weeks, my symptoms start coming back. I develop migraine headaches a little bit. My ears start to ring. My feet start to burn. I don't sleep as well. Anxiety levels go up. I write. My wife writes. My daughter, son, daughter-in-law write. And we honestly notice if we both quit writing, we become more anxious. We become more reactive. We get, I'll use the word, snappy. And one of the first questions my wife will ask me is, honey, have you been doing your writing lately? What we decided about three (laughs) years ago is that we would quit writing, and then we would start getting into these patterns that we weren't particularly happy about. We were doing what I would call crisis writing, where we would get in a bit of a crisis, then we'd start to write our way out of it. I decided that it made no sense to do it that way. I decided to simply become proactive, write every day, 5, 10, sometimes just 30 seconds makes a difference. I don't know why such a short amount of time does that. But again, once or twice a day, 5, 10, 15 minutes. If you if you want to write a lot longer than that, that's fine. And especially initially, I wrote for hours when I first started the whole process. But once in the morning, maybe at night, there's one research paper that shows that expressive writing before bedtime decreases the time before you fall asleep. So it actually helps sleep. So it, it has a basically a calming effect on the on what might be characterized as an over-adrenalized nervous system. Right. Because In remember addition the to thoughts... Right. Remember, you can't escape your thoughts, but you can separate from them. When you have these racing thoughts, of course, everybody knows that when you're in bed at night, you have racing thoughts about your boss for the day or your kids or whatever, you can't go to sleep. Those racing thoughts create a lot of anxiety. The writing, again, doesn't solve them, but it does separate you. The, you know, there's lots of techniques to fall asleep, like mindfulness, relaxation, counting, etc. Those have never worked for me. If I can't fall asleep, I have a pad of paper by my bed. I'll just scribble down thoughts tear them up, done. And usually within 15, 20 minutes, I can go back to sleep. There's one sort of legendary success story of the whole doc project who was telling me that she just takes her hand and writes with one finger on her other hand at night, and she falls asleep relatively quickly. You, you can also, you also can say it. You can. It's been documented that you can also say the thoughts. Again, you're externalizing the thoughts, when you're driving in your car, you can express your thoughts. You have to be a little bit careful because I have learned I get a little distracted, so I'm not necessarily recommending doing it, doing it in the car. But if you're in a quiet room or by yourself, you can say the thoughts. 
again, you can write, you write with freedom. You tear muscle, you can write with freedom, of course, with verbal route, they're instantly gone. People often ask me, well, can you type on an iPad or computer and just hit delete? And we don't know. I talked to Penny Baker about that, and he says he, he doesn't know either. We both suspect that the writing is a very complex task. People, they've done research papers on kindergarten students who are learning to write. Writing consumes a huge amount of the brain because you're taking a thought and you're converting that concept into a complex motor function, creating words on a piece of paper. It takes a tremendous amount of neurological energy to take that thought and convert it into a motor function. Same thing with speech. People, obviously, we talk, we write, we assume those are simple things to do. But from a nervous system standpoint, it's a tremendous amount of neurological energy to make those things happen. So maybe the writing does disrupt the circuit somehow. I'm not sure. But definitely, it does a separation process. And the uh, And in terms of the... Um, the the actual process, the actual type of expression that you use, as you say, it doesn't doesn't necessarily have to be writing. It could be speaking. It could be drawing, uh, perhaps, yes. or yep. just anything that expresses that thought, and then you can get rid of the thought. Well, again, you're not getting rid of it. You're just separating. Again, or that's one of the things people them. get into. <laughs> Well, it's a tricky. I mean, it's really, and honestly, the question people ask over and over and over again. So Matt, I'm glad you asked the question. You're not destroying the thought to get rid of it or to catharsis. Because, again, there's trillions of thoughts in your brain. To me, it's a metaphor in your brain that just simply separates you from these thoughts. For me, if I write 15, 20, 30 seconds at the, be- at the beginning of my day, it just changes the day somehow, and I don't know why. It, it takes an incredibly small amount of writing for me to simply connect with the day, listen to my patients better, I'm in a better mood, I'm connected to the moment. And maybe because I've done it for so long that it, it really locks me into a whole way of thinking about the day or connecting to the day. But it really just even 15 to 30 seconds makes a difference. It's really remarkable. And... Um... The uh, typically, and I know there's no such thing as a typical patient, but is there a, a time frame that you normally begin to see? You know, if somebody is suffering chronic pain, is there any kind of a typical time frame that you might see where they derive some improvement in the way they feel um, from from doing the the expressive writing? Well, that's a great question, and what happens most of the time. I usually see people back in about two weeks for the first visit. The first, I ask them, look, look at the book, look at the website. I prefer they look at the website first, which is backincontrol.com. Go to stage one. To me, stage one is simply the homework section. In other words, you have to understand chronic pain before you can solve it. So there's five steps. One is learning about pain. (coughs) Excuse me. Number two is expressive writing. Number three is active meditation. Number four is sleep. Sleep's a big deal. Of course, the writing helps us sleep. And number five is simply not discussing their pain, which is another topic we'll talk about shortly. But when they come in, that's why I can tell within about 15 seconds whether somebody's been writing or not, because usually within a week or two, they notice a shift somehow. It could be a mood shift, anxiety down, sleep a little bit better. Something happens within two weeks. The pain isn't usually gone. 
I, maybe one out of 20 people come in at two weeks and are just blown away. All of a sudden, they're pain-free. And that happens maybe one out of 20 people and is a real thing. I explain to them this really a quick response, and people are going to go back into their pain pathways. But if you have any response at all in the first couple of weeks, it's a wonderfully great prognosis. But it can take three to six months, sometimes a year, to really notice significant benefit. I think the key issue that's really critical is somebody simply doesn't want to write. The biggest obstacle to treating chronic pain is people don't want to give up their pain. They're addicted to their pain. So to me, it's a very interesting marker of a person's insight into their own willingness to give up their pain. The writing is a very simple tool. There's really no risk to it, no cost, nothing. It takes very little time. And if people start giving me 10,000 excuses why they can't write, I go, fine, I'll see you back in two weeks. Because there's really nothing I can do as a physician to help that person solve the problem if they can't at least you know, make the effort to do that simple exercise. So it's uh, so the the willingness to do it is is kind of a sign of their commitment to really want to eliminate chronic pain from their lives. And yeah, and I understand it's a process. If somebody doesn't really want to start writing, you just have to become aware that really how, how badly do you want to give up your pain? It becomes your identity. You've bonded with other people in pain. It's a very powerful tool. Uh, you're in the victim role, legitimately legitimately so. It's a very powerful role. And nobody wants to give it up. I don't want to give it up. After 15, 20 years of doing my writing relaxation being out of pain, when I go into the victim role, it feels really good. It feels strong, powerful, you know, this is who I am. <laughs> and nobody wants to give it up. You never That's never going to go away. I finally concluded for every person, the victim role is simply never going to disappear. And nobody wants to give it up. And I had to go through a phase myself where it was sort of humbling to realize that I didn't want to give up the pain either. I still don't. But I just make a decision to do the writing, do the relaxation, and I am able to enjoy my life more, deeper relationships. Life is just much more enjoyable by not by, by not staying in the victim role. But it's a very familiar role, very powerful. If a given person doesn't want to write, that's fine. They're, they're simply not ready to move forward, but you really can't move forward until you start that one, that one simple exercise. And it sounds like uh, this this would be something that even once a patient begins to feel better, their you know their their chronic pain is uh, diminished or, or essentially gone. They would still continue to do this probably throughout the rest of their lives. Correct. Maybe not Absolutely. every day, but you know when they when uh, when they when they feel that uh, feel a need for it. Right. So one necessary separation step, I mean, the act of meditation is a tool. So remember, so awareness separation reprogramming, the first tool I ask them to do for reprogramming is act of meditation, which you simply put your nervous system on a sensation for five to ten seconds. Like right now, for instance, just feel where you're sitting, drop your shoulders. And what you've done, you've switched from racing thoughts or pain to a different sensation Remember, anxiety is a response to sensory input. When you put your brain on a different sensation, you've changed the sensory input. The writing does awareness separation, the act of meditation, which you put your nervous system on a different sensation for a few seconds, is the first basic reprogramming tool. You have to combine the writing with another tool for the whole process to start. 
Well, Dr. Hanscom, I want to thank you for uh, helping us understand expressive writing and then the process, how the role that it plays in the process of eliminating uh, chronic pain. And the uh, I would like to remind our uh, listeners that you can find more information on Dr. Hanscom's website, www. Dot backincontrol.com. That's www.backincontrol.com. And Dr. Hanscom, again, I'd like to thank you for uh, talking to us today and remind everybody that we'll be back here next week for another episode of Back in Control Radio. Thanks, Tom. I enjoyed it very much. Thanks for listening today and join us next week for Back in Control Radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.